Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Part of healing is keeping promises to ourselves every day. And those daily promises that we keep then turn into our habits. And those habits is what helps us on our healing journey. Welcome to the Healing Her podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. Hey guys, welcome back. I have to tell you, it's a little weird right now because usually when I do solo podcast episodes, I'm not being filmed and there's no one else around me and I'm just sitting in my little office at night or during nap time just chatting with you. <laughs> but we have a full podcast day today of filming where we batch multiple episodes at a time, which I'm really excited about. But because of that, this solo podcast episode, I'm just like sitting in my chair in my front room and there's cameras and lights just on me and I feel some type of way about it. It's like I'm almost nervous, even though I know that there's nobody watching me live right now and anything can be edited, but this definitely sets a little... Uh, different vibe than just being by myself in my office. Today, I want to talk about one of my most frequently asked questions that you guys have been asking me as you've been seeing me try so hard this year to implement a new morning routine. And so we are going to answer the question today of how do I create new healthy habits after a period of trauma or grief in my life. And I think that what we're going to talk about might be fascinating for a lot of you because it's been fascinating for me and really eye-opening in my own life. And then after that, I asked you guys last night on Instagram uh, for some Q&A, ask me anything questions that we're going to dive into kind of rapid fire at the end. But before we do any of that, I am so hyped right now because just yesterday, we opened the doors to a free workshop that I am doing in about two weeks called Your Path to Peace, Three Tools to Move Forward with Clarity. The reason that we're doing this is because you probably have heard that uh, I was talking about the beginning of the year, we did a big live event called Confident Clarity Live. There were several hundred women on that live event and the responses that we received from it have blown me away. All of the women who went are like, what's next? How can we keep working on this together? And then I also know that a lot of you missed out on it. And based off of the feedback we got from the event, the women who went really helped me 
know what it is that so many people are wanting right now. So we decided to create a smaller workshop that you can come totally comped and free because you're a part of our Healing Her community. And I wanna make sure you don't miss your seat because the tech can only handle so much people. So make sure you go into the show notes below. We'll link it. You'll just click the link real quick. You can even pull up the website right now so you don't forget about it and enter your information and your email so that you can join us for this live event and it's gonna be really awesome. So. Where do we start with this story? Here's what's really interesting that's happening for so many people right now. And it is that we, all of us collectively, are four years out from a pandemic that changed all of us. How we live, how we feel safe, our relationships, maybe where you're working. And here's what usually happens just individually after you go through trauma or grief. Year four is this year where you're trying to reintegrate back into your own life. You're like, where do I fit in? Because I'm different than I was before, but I'm not sure of my next right steps. And maybe your dreams are different than they were four years ago because things have shifted and things have changed. And that alone has its own grief that comes to it. But right now we are seeing a lot of people trying to figure out how to move forward in their life because we're ready to move forward, but no one's given us the tools or the time off or the space to figure it out. And so we're seeing right now that a lot of us feel really overwhelmed. You might feel lost in your life. You might feel like everyone has it figured out, but you, and maybe you have this feeling of just kind of like feeling off, but you can't exactly pinpoint what it is. And I want you to know that if you are feeling like that right now, that you're not doing anything wrong, that this is actually a natural response to you being on your healing path and trying to move forward after some really difficult events. And whether the pandemic affected you traumatically or not, it did bring change to all of us. So a lot of us are navigating it right now. This is important because as we are all starting to move forward or trying to, especially in the new year when habits are being talked about so much and creating new routines is being talked about so often, especially, you know, we're at the end of February and you might find yourself being like, okay, my new habit that I really wanted to set a goal for this year, I've already fallen flat on it. We're, we're less than two months into the new year. It already didn't stick. I feel like I'm still stuck in the same pattern and the same cycle. And we start telling us these, ourselves these stories that we're not going to be able to get out of it, but we want to. And I want you to know that that's part of healing is that it doesn't happen with one moment. It happens with consistent movement forward. So I hope by telling you right now kind of where I'm at and what I'm doing with a bad habit that I developed almost a decade ago that you can find some commonality there and and really get some tools to help you move forward. So here's what happened to me in my life. And I didn't even realize this until last month. And this is coming from someone who has a master's degree in this subject. But when it's happening to you personally, sometimes you can be a little bit 
too close inside of it to be able to get a bird's eye view and really figure out what's happening. So about a decade ago when we were just going through really hard time in our life and then I remember we moved to Nashville so that was in 2017. So 2017 was how many years ago? I'm not great at math. Is that seven years ago? I think that was seven years ago. Yes. And when we got there, it was after you know, we had a huge life change, lost people that we loved. And then we're trying to rebuild this life in this new city and work was draining me. My marriage was, we were both drained. And so we just didn't have anything to give in our marriage. It was a lot. And one of my coping mechanisms that I developed was sleep. I was so depressed and life felt so crushing and heavy that in order for me to feel like I could function throughout my day meant that I needed to stay in bed as long as possible in the morning so that I then like had enough energy to get through the day. And at that time, that is exactly what my nervous system needed. I needed to feel safe in my bed, in my home. I needed space from people. I needed rest. My nervous system also needed to not be like constantly on and feeling the heaviness all the time. And so I did that through sleeping. And then I started this pattern, though, of staying up late because I would get so scared of going to sleep because once you go to sleep, you know that hopefully you wake up. And when you're in grief, though, waking up in the morning can be one of the hardest things because it's this reminder that that feeling instantly comes again. And and almost every morning I would wake up and just be reminded of the pain of my life. It was almost like it felt like Groundhog's Day where the same event was happening every day. Sleep was my reprieve. And then waking up was a reminder of how heavy everything was. And so I'd stay up late, scared to go to sleep. And then I would try to sleep as long as I could throughout the day. Now, in your life, I bet whether you notice or not, and, and they can be very small things. But when we go through a change in our life, even if it's a good change, but brings stress or maybe it is grief or trauma, I bet there have been ways that you, you your body, your mind, your soul has tried to learn how to cope with it that maybe you haven't even picked up on. But what we know about us as humans is that when there's any change in our life, we try to develop coping mechanisms so that we can continue forward and feel safe to do so. There's two types of coping mechanisms. If, if you want to get to the nitty gritty science of it, and these are the words, there's two types that a, a human can go through, whether by choice or whether that's just something that naturally the pattern they fall into. The first one is called an adaptive coping mechanism, and the second is called a maladaptive coping mechanism. An adaptive coping mechanism is something that brings positive support to your life. So maybe you're going through grief and you decide that you're going to take a bath every night or you join a support group or you call a friend at a certain point in the day or you go to therapy or you have a scent that you take with you, like an essential oil or something that kind of helps bring you back to the present moment when you're having a hard time. Those are examples of adaptive coping mechanisms that bring support. Now, maladaptive coping mechanisms, which 
most of us cling to at least one of them are coping tools that don't support us, that actually make things harder. This can be binge eating food. This can be binging TV. That was also one of my go-tos at night is that I wanted to escape into other people's lives so that I didn't have to like feel too much of my own. And so I would watch these series like Friday Night Lights in the office. The amount of times that I have watched the office on rerun because I just wanted to be a part of that office because it felt fun and light and free and I could laugh. Uh, I would watch TV a lot. We see people turning to alcohol, to drugs, to shopping, to bad relationship after bad relationship. And while those things aren't supportive, they are tools, albeit bad tools, that your, your body and your brain are trying to grasp onto to support you. So that kind of sets the stage so that you know when you are going through a difficult time, whether it's a supportive tool or a hurtful tool, your body and brain are constantly looking for tools to help you be able to continue moving forward because especially when you're in the acute phase of something hard, meaning it's it's just happening or it's happening in real time, you need relief so that your your body doesn't just fully shut down. So I want you to know that whatever has gotten you to this place is that I'm so happy that you've gotten to this place. But here's what happens. When we adapt those coping mechanisms into our life for a long period of time, so even if we just go back to the pandemic, can you think of things maybe you started doing a few years ago to just help get you through that time period? Once we start doing those things, if we don't stop doing those things, they become a habit. They become physiologically just embedded into our life. Sometimes we might not even pay attention to it anymore. And something that once served us so that we could keep functioning now becomes something that is weighing us down, that feels heavy, that feels so unsupportive. And you can kind of get in the spiral of not knowing how to get out of it. This is where I found myself with sleep. So I started this sleeping habit almost a decade ago, for sure seven years ago. And now at this point of my life, I have everything that I could dream of that brings so much safety and peace into my life. And there's so many things also in my life that I'm so excited about. And yet, every single day for the past several years, I have woken up just feeling like there's this elephant sitting on my chest of anxiety, of dread. And when I would ask myself, what am I even dreading today? I wouldn't be able to come up with the answers. Like I got really deep with asking myself questions on where are these feelings coming from? And it took me a while, but it was last month during a really hard anniversary date uh, for us of when we lost our older two kids um, during the contest, unexpected contested adoption, when I was feeling the weight again of trying to get out of bed, I finally correlated it to how I still feel and realized that my sleeping habit 
has become so embedded in me that even though it's not serving me anymore, it's causing harm now, but because I had done it consistently for so long, it just became this part of my morning routine, even though I don't want it anymore. And I imagine that a lot of you listening might have things happening like that in your life where you're like, this is no longer serving me, but I don't know what to do about it. So we're going to talk about what to do about it because you deserve to feel good and, and to make changes that are lasting and not fad changes and not changes that are not sustainable. They have to be sustainable and you have to feel safe in your process. Otherwise, it's never going to work. So the very first thing that we all have to do, which I know is hard, but we have to identify what our triggers are. A lot of times for our habits, we are, we are doing our habits in response to a feeling. And usually if we have a coping mechanism, we're using it in response to a negative feeling that we have, and then we're trying to create a positive feeling instead, right? So if we can notice what our triggers are and then notice what we're doing in a response to that trigger, pretty quickly you're going to realize what habits you've picked up on and what you're doing to try to pacify those uncomfortable feelings that you have. If you can do that, if you can start identifying your triggers throughout the day, you are going to learn more about yourself and what you need than most people will ever be able to confront for themselves in their entire lives. Now, once we're able to acknowledge those triggers, what we need to do next is start replacing whatever we are doing to cope with something that makes us feel better. So for me, as I realized that getting up in the morning has nothing to do with my current reality, but is based off of this memory of the past, I knew that I needed to figure out how I can feel safe in the morning to wake up and be excited for the day. I also knew, though, that just expecting myself to just like wake up and suddenly feel just hyped to get out of bed. I mean, that's not even reasonable. It's not possible. So I decided that I was going to start a new morning routine, but start it beginning at night. So that hours before I would even wake up, that I can feel safe going to bed and then do things at night that help me get excited and out of bed in the morning. Cha-ching! Shopify new sales sound. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store, but did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. If you've been around here for a while, you know that back in the day, I had an online product company and everything was sold on Shopify. So I'm feeling nostalgic as I'm telling you about this amazing platform. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. You also get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. 
track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. You can also connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash healingher, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash healingher to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash healingher. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So for example, at night before bed now, we do no screens, we do no TV, which no TV before bed is a really big change for me because as I told you, that was something that I would escape into at night. So now TV is like a special thing that we do on the weekends and I've always loved reading. So I'm like, I always want time to more time to read. So that's what I'm going to do instead. At night, I'm reading now before bed instead of watching TV. And I think it's important to also say, if you choose to do something that you know, you know, might be positive for other people, but you hate it, it's not going to be sustainable. Part of healing isn't just forcing yourself to do things that suck for you. I want you to do things that that make you feel joy. So maybe before bed, if you're if you struggle with your sleep too, which I know a lot of you do because of the amount of messages I've been getting to do this episode, as I've been kind of sharing a little bit of my journey, maybe it's you're doing watercolor before bed, or maybe you're journaling, or maybe you're writing poetry, or maybe you're coloring in a, an adult or kids coloring book, or there's so many different things that you can do to calm your nervous system at night before bed. I'm also taking magnesium, which a lot of adults are actually deficient in, and it contributes to your sleep more than I ever knew. So I figured out some vitamins, some supplements that my body needs to feel supported. And I've also been meal prepping at night for breakfast the next day. So I, and this is going to sound so silly, but you got to do whatever makes you excited to do it. Because in the morning I was like, what can I do? That is just easy. That can give me a little bit of dopamine that I'm like, oh, this is just cute. This is fun. And I bought the cutest little mason jars off of Amazon. They were super cheap and they come with a little spoon and a lid And so I've been meal prepping at night, making these little oatmeal jars for the next day. So that's been fun because when I go to bed at night, I know that in the morning I have this fun breakfast that I'm actually excited to eat and that I enjoyed making waiting for me. Something else for my morning that I do at night is set out my workout clothes and Here's what we know about mornings. Usually in the morning, our cortisol, which is our like fight or flight response, that is the highest in the morning. And and so if you're waking up kind of with a racing heart or feeling 
like intensity in the morning, a lot of that can have to do with cortisol. Because I know that my cortisol is highest in the morning and I feel my cortisol in the morning, I'm telling you, and that was one of the, that was one of the reasons it was hard for me to get up is because like my anxiety and what I would feel in my chest just felt so intense. And yes, that also had to do with just me having anxiety. But because I I know that one of the first things I do in the morning is work out. That cortisol actually helps me work out and then it helps kind of level out after my workout is done because I've worked my body out really hard. I've got that energy out. And so at night I set out my workout clothes and then in the morning I go to a workout class. Now, before this year, I either had been working out at our, we have a little home gym in our garage or I had been doing workouts at the gym down the street. I started dreading working out though because I just felt like I was getting up and then I was still alone and the workouts became monotonous and not fun anymore and I was doing them by myself and I realized that I was really missing community and I love working out and so the fact that I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I was like, okay, I need to figure out what's going on here. And I realized that what I really was wanting in my workouts was community. So I decided this year that I was going to join, it's called Burn Bootcamp, and I have no affiliation (laughs) with them other than that's the gym that I now go to. But they have classes and I was like, I'm just gonna go try this out. And I went to the first class And the energy was so high and everyone was so friendly and introducing themselves and everyone there was, has the same goal of just feeling better and working out their bodies because we love our bodies. And I realized that that was something that I also needed in the morning, the safe place that I could go that had community and people that I wanted to be connecting with. Something else that has also shifted for me over the years is that I used to work out because I hated my body so much. I thought that it should be smaller or especially after my late pregnancy loss, I felt so betrayed by my body and I felt so disgusted by it because I was so angry with it that I would just work out because it was like a punishment for it. But now through healing that I've done, I work out because I love my body and I love feeling strong and I love it when my body feels good. And that change has also shifted my relationship with working out so much in the most beautiful ways. And so when I can take that with me now in the morning to do something that I love with people who are energetic and fun after I've eaten food that I've prepared that I love, like That has created such a safe environment for me to wake up with in the morning, but it's still hard because we're breaking a habit, right? So just just yesterday, actually, it was time for me to wake up, my alarm went off, and by my alarm went off, I mean my baby started crying, and so it was time to get up, and you know, it's dark outside, and I'm tired, and I'm like, should I? might just get her and I'm going to go back to sleep. But I was like, you know what? I made a promise to myself last night that I was going to wake up at this time today and I'm going to, I was going to go to my workout class and feel just good to start my day. And I want to keep that promise to myself. And part of healing is 
keeping promises to ourselves every day. And those daily promises that we keep then turn into our habits. And those habits is what helps us on our healing journey. Those habits is what creates this sustainable life that we are very intentional about that brings us joy and safety and excitement. And I think a lot of times, at least for me, I'm actually not a habitual person. I am, I'm the person where I get really bored in routines. I get really bored in habits. Like for example, this house that we're living in, this is the longest we've lived in any one place we've lived here. I think it's been, oh my gosh, it's been almost four. It's been almost four years now. That's wild. Before this house, we moved every single two years because that is just part of my personality of wanting a new experience. And, you know, I'm the type of person where if I have to make a drive somewhere every day, I'm going to take a new route because I want to see what's going on on the other side. And so a lot of times when I would see people online talking about habits and the consistency and how you have to be disciplined and just like make yourself do it. It never resonated with me because I knew that I would be miserable doing that. And what we know about healing is that you can't love a body that you are forcing yourself to do workouts that you hate, or you can't love the food that you're eating if you're forcing yourself to eat food that you hate, or you can't love your life if you're forcing yourself to do things that you hate over and over and over again. And so the question for habits isn't how do I say stay disciplined in these things that I hate, but it's how can I keep promises to myself by doing things that make me feel better, that are sustainable, and that I can see that I'm making progress in. And I think that that's also what can build confidence in ourselves in our healing journey is that we build confidence in what we're doing when we see that it's working out. I think that a lot of times we can be afraid to start to try something or to try something new because we're like, well, what if this doesn't work for me? What if I'm not good enough to keep this up? Or what if I'm too embarrassed to go to the gym for the first time? What if people are going to laugh at me? Or what if this business idea, what if I'm totally got it wrong or whatever that thing is, it's part of our journey. And there are a lot of things that are going to get wrong and it's okay because it's all part of the discovery and the uncovering of who we are and what we need. But part of building our confidence and feeling comfortable in those situations is showing ourselves that even when it's uncomfortable, we're going to show up and try it and not give up just because it's hard, but we're going to show ourselves that we can do these things. So if you're in the space right now where you know that you have these habits that you just are like, oh, I don't feel good doing these. I want to replace them. Be gentle with yourself. Notice your triggers and then do things that feel supportive to you right now that you can get excited about. One of the reasons that we are doing the your path to peace free workshop in a couple of weeks is because I know right now that so many of us are on this struggle bus of, of feeling like we're already into the new year, but this year already feels like last year. And I just want you to know that you're not too late. Like there's still almost a full year ahead and we just have to take things day by day. And just like 
the habits of the past took a while for you to cultivate, even if they're ones that aren't serving you anymore, it's going to take time now too. But time's on our side and there's no better time for you to start than right now. I want to answer a couple of Q&A questions that I got because I think that a lot of your questions also, you know, kind of go along with this topic that we have today. Okay, here we go for your Q&A questions. Gretchen says, I listen to your podcast episodes when I work out now, which first of all, that makes me so excited. How often do you work out? I move my body seven days a week. I work out. So if you could consider that a workout, I go to my burn boot camp and, and do weights. So I lift weights about five times a week. Um, I do yoga once a week and we do daily walks every night. That's actually a habit that my husband and I started seven years ago during the same time where getting out of bed was hard for me. And that's a habit we've continued. That has been a really good coping tool for us. And I hike a lot too. So, you know, I, for me, the goal is, is that I'm going to move my body every day because I love my body and it makes me feel good. And so then knowing that it doesn't leave room for me to be like, oh, I'm just not going to do this today or to make an excuse to not do it, if that makes sense, because I just know, oh, today is a new day. And so I'm going to move my body and how that looks will be different, but I lift weights five times a week and walk every day. And then I hike a couple of times a week as, as well. Okay. Caitlin asked, did you have a why helping you push through during any of your hard seasons? That is such a good question. I'll get really honest right here. There was a couple of years where it was during the years in Nashville where it was really hard for me to find a why. It was hard for me to find a purpose. But I knew that I wanted to be around for my niece and my nephew. And that that relationship was more important to me than anything else. And, you know, we can't rely on other people for a long time to make us feel better. But for me, I wanted to feel better so that they could have an auntie who they got to spend their life and their time with and that I could be around for them and show up and be fun and support them. And they were really little at that time. And in fact, the very last book that I wrote, my clarity mapping guide, it's actually dedicated to Alex, Summer and JJ because they were my why for so long that it helped me get to this place of where I am today. So being able to to find like what it is that is getting you up in the morning. I know that that can be difficult when you feel like, well, there's nothing, but sometimes we got to get creative with those answers because it's hard to change our habits when there's not a greater reason for us to change them. Okay. Another Caitlin asked, what has been the most fulfilling accomplishment? Oh, this is so good. Okay, you know, I would say finding peace and clarity in my own life has been my most fulfilling accomplishment. Here's why. Nothing else that I've done in my life matters without that. I, I think about being a mom now and how this is like the most amazing thing with my little girl, but it would feel so different if I hadn't done the work to have peace and clarity in my life. And I'm also proud that I'm not passing on my own trauma 
to her because I did the work here and I didn't rely on her to to get me out of a hard time, uh, which would be unfair to her. So yeah, I would I would say doing my own work to bring peace and clarity in my life has been my greatest accomplishment. I'm getting a lot of questions about if we have any contact with our first two kiddos. And um, I talk about that a little bit in episode one. So because I have so many questions about it, if you really want to know uh, more of our, of that part of our life, then you can go back and listen to episode one of the episode. Um, the short answer is no. Oh, this question is so good. This next one is from Abby. She says, I keep thinking I'm healing, but so many days still feel so hard. Am I doing it wrong? Abby, thank you for asking this question. I want to tell you something that I learned from my own therapist. Because a lot of times we don't know how to gauge healing, right? Because we've been told that we need to get over things, we need to move on. And often in our minds, we have this unrealistic expectation that healing means I don't feel like this anymore, right? Healing means I just feel better, that this doesn't affect me anymore. But that's actually the opposite of what healing is. So how a therapist measures healing is based off of the intensity, the frequency, and the duration of your symptoms of being triggered. So for example, maybe in the beginning, you were crying every hour of the day. And then maybe you were crying every day. And then maybe you could go three days and then a week. And then maybe it's once a month or a few times a year on hard anniversary dates, right? Whatever that looks like, that is part of the healing journey. So if you can look at the intensity at which you are feeling it, the duration, meaning how long what you're feeling is lasting, and the frequency, meaning how often that is such a better way to gauge how we're actually doing. So no, you are not doing it wrong. In fact, you are doing exactly what is right as a human. And part of healing is allowing ourselves to feel all the emotions. Healing isn't doesn't mean that we don't feel the bad emotions anymore. It means that we allow ourselves to feel the hard stuff and the good stuff also. Okay, I'm gonna read one more. Okay, this one is from Amber. And I, as I asked this, I, I want you to also think of this for yourself because I think that this is a really good question. Is there any part of Ashley before grief that you miss? Yes. Part of my grieving process has also been grieving the old parts of me that I have just changed now. I, in college and just growing up, I was so fun and I was, I was really funny. And, um, for a long time throughout my grief, like I I was not fun or funny anymore or silly or goofy. That is something that I've started to reclaim the past few years, but that was a part of myself that I really, really missed. Like this carefree girl who, the world hadn't <laughs> hadn't destroyed yet, who just trusted that things were going to work out and had a really good time doing it. And I think all of us kind of hit that at some point in our life that we have to work through, but I definitely miss that part of me. But she is coming back now and she's been coming back for the past couple of years, but it's different now, obviously. I think I also miss the part of me that trusted people a lot more than I do now, but 
again, that's something that we're working through. I hope that this conversation was helpful for you guys. I'm seeing your DMs. I'm proud of the work that you are doing on yourselves, for yourself, for your family, for the people that you love. And I just want you to know that every single day, as you keep one promise to yourself that over time, eventually it will become a habit and that you're not too far gone in one direction. And it's my honor to be able to do this work with you. And I hope that I see you at the workshop because we're going to dive deeper into more tools that can help you this year really create an intentional life that makes you feel safe and good and that you love. And until I see you again next week, take good care of yourself. I'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the Healing Her podcast, where healing isn't just a destination. It's an empowering, transformative adventure. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each Tuesday. And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.